0: Hi, my name is Michael Lane. I'm the president of the Liftport Group. We have been doing these podcasts uh, for a, almost a year. October will be a year, so I guess it's not that close, but it's not far. And what are we doing? We're focusing on uh, three topics, really. The money of space, the capitalization, the policy, what's happening at the federal level in order to uh, get to that money and the infrastructure. What are, we, what are we building out as a result, right? And we have three kinds of shows. We have a news show, we do a policy deep dive when we look at federal document, whether it's our country or another, or some other report or industry report. And then we have guests. Um, so here's what we're doing. Uh, we focus on the policy, infrastructure, and the capital of space. We've been doing this for a while now. Just some really remarkable people. We're going to close it out with Rick Tomlinson. But there's a we're doing a dozen of these interviews, so just kind of stick with us over the next couple months. That show is on Tuesdays, same time, 5 o'clock. And then the Mars Society is hosting a show once a month called Red Planet Live. And Emily Calandrelli was on that show last week. So... Hopefully, hopefully, um, we're really starting to grow our client list as we start growing our other uh, content here. We have a lot of stuff in our Air Greatly podcast show that is here. This is the the Doctor Zarnick show. Uh, Doctor Zarnick is a professor at Johns Hopkins and he teaches um, military professional education. Uh, for senior officers, but he also teaches it for civilians. It's a pretty fascinating conversation. Um, and then finally, our YouTube channel, where we have hundreds of videos with with folks like... Um, you know, the chief scientist of U.S. Space Force and the deputy administrator of NASA and the chief economist of NASA and the chief historian of NASA and senior leadership at hundreds of companies, Do- a dozen, uh, probably eight, probably not a dozen, but about eight venture capitalists. So please definitely take a look at our catalog of, of stuff. Um, I don't know whether we're going to have our guests or not. So what I put together was a... News review. So just bear with me here while I'm either we have our guest. Hi, Michael. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. 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 Um, I can hear you. Do you have video or no? Video. Let me see here. The first part is kind of an origin story. Like, who are you? Instead of me reading off a boring bio, I want you to spend five, 10 minutes Kind of giving your background and then we'll get into the other stuff. I always kind of like let that sit for a minute and percolate for a second because this industry is so new. We want everybody to understand there's a lot of different paths into it. Okay. So just just Leonard Lopin of Byte Federal, we're gonna we're gonna go into the other stuff in a minute, but give us uh give us your background and I'm gonna put together a caption kind of on the fly for you so
1: just yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, i kind of want to apologize a little bit with the setup here last minute and in between things but uh, absolutely so my background is i'm uh originally from germany uh moved to the united states about uh 16 years ago and uh was born funny enough when we're talking about the space industry i was born actually very close to Peenemunde the the first uh, v1 okay. first rockets that the, the germany developed uh in the in the 40s third well actually in the 40s with Werner von Braun and uh, the, the family lore has it that some of the test rockets came down basically in our forest next to the farmhouse so that's that if you want to if you want to search for my origins geographically on this planet that's basically where you where you'd find them okay. um, but, uh, so I grew up uh, behind the, the iron wall, my parents fled East Germany in the early 80s, and I grew up in Austria. Uh, Vienna, and uh, finished high school. Um, always a space, you know, bug enthusiast. My parents are in the engineering from the engineering disciplines. So I've been kind of uh, raised in that uh, in that environment. But I I had a uh, a deep love affair with philosophy and particular Buddhism. So I spent several years in Asia, and then came back from there and uh, studied uh, computer science in Göttingen, Germany and uh, in uh, Rostock. <laughs> and from there worked for a couple of startups actually in the uh, in the ai machine learning industry uh and this is just to to put everything in place this is in the early 2000s so long before deep uh, learning became a thing right so uh, i was actually fo- more focused on the on the linguistic aspect of machine learning and um and ai and then in about 2011, I came across Bitcoin and uh, fell deeply in love with uh, with cryptocurrency and the whole uh, libertarian aspect. Especially given given the background that I had uh, with the space, been dabbling with various projects in uh, in the cryptocurrency. So everything from early trading systems uh, to uh, automated investing in microloans, really have seen everything under the under the sun. And basically two things came out of this. One is the company that I'm currently the CTO and co-founder of, which is Byte Federal. It's one of the largest Bitcoin ATM operations, um, not just in the US, but in the world. Yep. And the other one is uh, kind of the the labor of love, is the Marscoin project, which started in 2000. 1314 so also relatively early sorry about that okay. i'm trying to get some light here um and uh, the mars coin project in particular was something where we saw the cryptocurrency space go crazy for alternative coins besides coin and i had a very early hunch that on mars or other future human settlements we will not be running around with paper money Right, right, and that uh, Bitcoin had kind of solved. You know how how you see uh, when an in an innovation comes along, the superconductor of these days. Well, everybody's talking about it. You you take a step back, you start thinking, what are the the possible implications of this? Uh, you can kind of project it out in your mind for the next ten, twenty years. You know, it's going to, you know, it's not going to exactly end there, but but you have pretty much an idea of what industries are going to be dramatically changed or at least going to sure. be improved. Sure. The same with Bitcoin was governance is going to change, but uh, finance, uh, law, probably. But one of the things for for the space industry, for space settlement in particular, is that we will have solved a way to govern ourselves, possibly in a very transparent, public way. Uh, but we'll also be able to um, pay each other in a very transparent way where we do not have to rely on a central bank or banking institutions as such um, and trust someone for settlement that settlement is algorithm- algorithmically final yeah that's a beautiful thing i thought about it and in particular with regard to mars i did not want someone to grab the name mars coin which was right. kind of obvious right. uh, and then create a, a scam, scam project and you know rob uh, people of their funds. Uh, I thought that would be very sad if the future Martians look back into the history. So I thought, let's take let's take the idea of what it means cryptocurrency for space settlement, and in case for Mars, just write it. Just write it down take the take the domain marscoin.org which which we did and then just put up a white paper like what does that mean in terms of the the, the further human settlement that's what we did and immediately up on launch if you will of this idea in the beginning we had immediately international people reaching out from all over the planet everybody was talking about it and thinking about it and they have been up until this moment because it is a rather rather obvious um idea if you if you take a step back and think about it.
0: Okay, so let's, let's take a step back a little bit further and stick with your own story here a little bit more. Uh, have you always been interested in space? Have you always been interested yeah. in Mars? That's always been a thing.
1: Yeah, so my um, my my earliest childhood memories basically go back, and um, I sit there uh, in East Germany at the windows and, and staring at the stars, the moon in particular, and it was always about that. I I remember uh, my elementary school thoughts were conversations with my 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 dad, and said like, um, I want to work for NASA. I want to, you know, I want to. That's what I want to do, and I was. I don't know at that point I was maybe 9 years old.
0: what, um, what years are we talking about? That's uh,
1: so that's uh, that's late 80s. Late 80s. Uh, so this now, is Challenger, really
0: the space shuttle era that correct. was really driving you. Okay. Correct. Okay.
1: Space okay. shuttle had uh had a Challenger catastrophe that happened um, okay. but I was already reading my, my space books. That was actually a really dramatic for me in particular because I saw that this is a very bad omen for for the industry and for what I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but yeah. So my dad just said, "If you know, if you're the best in school, I don't see a reason why you can't do this." And so from that moment on, I was just, I was working my butt off because I was um, a huge dream. And the University of Vienna had courses uh, on orbital mechanics, and I was. Wow. I think I was uh, in that was early middle school, and my dad would drive me there because um, during one of those public presentations, I had just uh, put their little um, uh, assistant lecturer at, uh, to shame with all my answers about the Jovian system. <laughs> and like you have to do something with this boy, you know, you just you have to tap into that potential. And so okay. I, you know, I did a lot uh, very very early on.
0: Wow, I mean that's uh, that's a pretty rare kid that can go into uh an academic a formal mm-hmm. academic environment like yeah. that and and hold their own let alone let alone uh, yeah my, my, challenge the instructor. My high, high school teachers
1: were very disappointed when uh, rather than seeing me go to study theoretical physics in uh, in Vienna, which you know they, they have a pretty strong quantum yeah. uh, quantum department, I ended up going to Sri Lanka and uh, and visit the jungles but uh, <laughs> you know, so that was, <laughs> uh, that was just something I had to I had to do and explore.
0: What were you doing in Sri Lanka?
1: Um, that was the the uh, the, the philosophy that that, okay. that caught me when I was uh, in my you know like so sixteen years old.
0: You were there when Arthur C. Clarke was there. Did you ever? I was, take-
1: yes, I I was there when Arthur C. Clarke was there. I was there when Sri Lanka was battling the thirty years of civil war. Right. Um, I was walking around barefoot in the jungles, uh, you know, meditating, taking the. the Buddhist path very serious. Okay. Um, my love for space and um, computer science was the other thing. So in high school, my ele- my uh, my elective was uh, computer science already. So I, those were. It was always the question of how does the mind work, how does the how does the brain work, how does uh, processing knowledge function? What what how does this this whole system actually? allow us to understand what is understanding so that's where the the buddhist angle came from and the other part was what's you know what's out there uh the discoveries the the mysteries of the of the universe that surrounds us so you know uh, i'm just not a good person for small talk
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right 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 so how did how did you get from the jungles to it to and we'll, we'll talk a lot more about by federal and, and Marscoin coin here at Med, but how did you get from the jungle to IT? Like that's, uh, a, that's a psychological. Strength. Yeah, so, a, so let me
1: walk you. Let me walk you through. It is actually a very rational, very logical the whole process. So um, the 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 time, of course, when I was interested in astronomy and astrophysics, and my de- my decision had been that I wanted to become an astrophysicist working for NASA in Florida. Um, I saw the space industry kind of faltering. I didn't see a private space industry at all. Uh, Really sad. is the early 90s, right? And so um, astrophysics it it is, um, I read every book that was available in the public library, like all the hard, you know, after astronomy and physics books, chemistry and biology and any hard hard science you could find. After it done those, it was history. It was never really fiction except sci-fi, you know, sci-fi. The only thing I would allow myself <laughs> as as um, as a, as a uh, something else to read, uh, but over time, gradually, and and this is you're talking about a kid that's like ten years old or so. So I, in the, in the sci-fi books, there's often the idea uh, the mind you're able to communicate maybe telepathically. Losing my logic telepathically with uh, with some other life form, and and I developed the idea. Okay, like well you know if if that's possible if that's real let's let's see if, if it's true so I, I grabbed all the parapsychology books that were still floating around in the in the 80s if you think about public libraries and there were a couple of of uh scientifically there was an attempt made to scientifically study if the mind actually had some you know now we would call it some kind of quantum locking effect uh, and, and right. you would be to communicate somehow and move some information between individuals who knows Yeah, you know? but I, I remember as a kid doing all these experiments with my friends and my sister putting them together in, in, in different rooms and then we would do these cards experiments really oh, yeah. right. like Statistically, we would see if there's actually something here so all you know very rigorous very scientific and uh, eventually I ended up in books on on yoga and and Buddhism they seem to be most rational and uh, I and, and and what it looked like is if you train your mind if you meditate you can enhance these skills these, these uh, uh qualities so right. in my desire to reach out to the aliens to you know stop by and pick me up because the nasa's uh, space project is faltering um i thought this was the fastest path off this planet at that really? point
0: okay okay
1: yeah. so you know moving fast forward I, I learned sanskrit and pali and some indian languages and i studied the sources because i always thought as a scientist you go to the sources right so i'm you know now i'm like 13 14 but i have totally dug myself into the buddhist philosophy and um wanted to explore you know the utmost like what what can i read what can i reach meditating around the clock like what's the limit there wow and the journey ended up uh me you know going to sri lanka 16 the first time i was in sri lanka and my parents weren't really very happy about all of that and then with 18 i i basically right after high school i said goodbye wow Sri Lanka, and that's a whole you know that's a whole book and a whole life story. Sure. And,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But the long and short of it is, you know, religion is still a kind of a embedded in social function, and I I, I didn't feel very comfortable and happy after having met some really tremendous, amazing meditation teachers, and uh, and trained as what I thought was um, and gained great insight into myself and uh, and life. But uh, I felt I didn't want to be a party to a um to a um how should I say to to a political or, or social ploy, had enough, and uh, decided to come back and go back to harder science okay. if you will study and study. The other.
0: I'm going to interrupt for just a second. This is the second time today, today that I've heard a similar story where somebody's cultural and and uh, theological belief system pointed them a direction. And that that was such a powerful guide for their life. And then they both moved, you and the other person, I'll, I'll talk about him in a second, but both of you moved, used that as a foundation to bring you into space.
1: There, there might be, there might be something, you know, if am not, not sure if you've ever uh, looked into the Meyer Briggs personality type analysis. Yeah. Yeah. The um, I think I I qualify as an INTJ, and there's something I read once a funny funny thing. They said that either they're very religious or they're very non-religious. <laughs> they can not be an, anywhere in between. And yeah. me, for me, it was for me it was science. It was a scientific yeah. discovery. I had to see if uh, this particular gentleman, the, the the Indian tradition of of uh, rational mysticism, if you will, had anything real to offer, and I needed to know because it was potentially a communication device. Right. Uh, and, and that's what I did. So as soon as that kind of ran its, you know, I I, I didn't do it for. I should say uh, for status or for anything else. I just really did it for the pure knowledge aspect. And as soon as that was over, I, I went back to Germany and I thought, okay, so the next best thing to analyze here is actually the uh, how does this consciousness and con con yeah the perception apparatus that Buddhism is is so heavily investigating. Um, if we if we try to understand this from a computational perspective, maybe there's more more to be gained. And that's what led that's into- what brought you to IT. I basically It through AI uh, okay. in the
0: thousands yeah correct wow that's that is a wild story we had Lieutenant General three-star general quast on our show a couple two months ago and he talks about being in the jungles of Cameroon and climbing the mountain mm. of Cameroon as a precursor to him joining the Air Force Academy and in a way like you know you've got your own path to to space through a jungle he has a path through to space through a jungle i, I just i don't know how I, I think people in space have a mission driven philosophy yeah. i don't think they could do what they do yeah
1: i think they, you're they right have especially, that internal compass especially in this environment where you don't necessarily have things you have to build them so you have to dream them you have to convince other people and you have yeah. to uh, be enthusiastical about it it's almost yeah. like you I, I Sometimes have these conversations come up and I, I say like, I feel like a stranded time traveler at times, like, uh, either, either someone um, from the 1800s, you know, in certain aspects, that's why I feel closer at home. And then on the other side, close to the 25th century, whatever that's, but, but this time here seems like, <laughs> seems like uh, somewhere in between just helping out the timeline. That's, uh, you know, making sure it's not derailing um, right. and honestly, actually. You know, looking at uh, our current society and political environment and everything that's going on on the planet, you you sometimes feel like you know walking on the edge, and you want to make sure that at least from where I'm coming from, a civilization does not suffer through another dark age. That's right. one of my. I'm also a big lover of the Roman Empire and history, and I thought if it's it's almost like this. Uh, growing up in in Western Europe or in, uh, in in the Western world and and being very closely familiar with the story of Rome, is almost like you want to make sure that if if there's if there's nothing else you can do, the last thing that should be on your mind is to move the needle one tiny little bit towards preventing a dark age and right. keeping civilization running. If if you have you know you've lost all other ideals in your world in your life or whatever else, that, at least that if you yeah, understand. At least that very well then uh, then that should be a clear mission uh, right. yeah. for you so okay.
0: okay let's let's bring us up to where we are now so about 10 years ago 2011 you found out about bitcoin 2013 you created mars coin
1: mm-hmm.
0: mars coin predates by federal right
1: yes yeah, by yeah quite
0: a bit yeah okay so let's stay in that chronological order here for a second so what the heck is is Marscoin? Because I'm betting most people on our show don't know yeah. so so, the first thing about it. This is yeah. their
1: first interaction. So, so Marscoin, nothing really too esoteric. So the idea was that well, Bitcoin seems to be working. It's 2013, so it's already a couple of years of Bitcoin operating flawlessly in the sense that it allows transactions, you know, thousands of transactions every every ten minutes, and they're all being settled immediately. Uh, nobody has to be asked. Nobody has to double check or so. So that's pretty cool. Um, In 2013, beginning 2013, I believe maybe even end of 2012, 2012 Litecoin comes out as the first kind of mini-competitor. Not really a competitor, but to showcase, you can also run an additional chain, an additional coin, and experiment with it. Mm In 2013, all of a sudden, uh, I'd say a thousand uh, s- more or less theme related coins were launched. and that's the point where I thought like um, and uh, we we had thoughts about this for for a year, watching all of this unfold. Uh, friends and I had lots of discussions about space and cryptocurrency and and I thought, you know I need to put a, down my thoughts on a, on a website like a white paper and just um, make a a statement. Uh, summarizing, what would uh, what would a Martian world look like uh, from a financial perspective with a cryptocurrency in place? That was really the idea um, to to start with, mm-hmm. and we used the uh, and of course one thing is just talking about it. The other thing is then like, why don't we just take a fork, a copy of Litecoin, and um, actually run the network? Run. Hold on
0: a, on a second. Yeah. What's a fork of right. Bitcoin? right okay start there
1: yeah so bitcoin for for those who are not so familiar with is in essence code um a computer program that anyone on the planet can run and when you run that code you're connecting with um other people around the planet and you join a network of computers Um, within that network of computers transactions can be sent from one node to another node and they are sent in a decentralized manner. so there's not one central authority like a PayPal or a Venmo or cash app that uh, makes sure when you send you ten dollars to your friend um, you know he's not secretly making a copy of it and now has twenty dollars or so right um, And the way Bitcoin does that, that's actually its breakthrough is very um is a very unique system of combining game theory with cryptography if if anything i don't want to go into the details a lot, yeah. a lot of information out there, but that's that's the basic gist of it so, so you
0: took you took the the basic functionality of um uh, of bitcoin that was kind of battle tested in 2011 correct. 12 13 correct. and you made a similar i won't say clone because the dna changes a little bit but it's yeah. it's
1: yeah, 99%
0: you can you can say
1: you can say clone but we made adjustments to it so we changed uh, the amount of Coins talk, uh, you know, coins that are uh, generated by the network. We changed the speed a little bit. We made it actually. We adjusted it to the uh, to the cycle of of, um, of Mars. So this, the 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 whole day on Mars a little bit longer than 24 hours, as most of you know. And uh, we were trying to time the uh, the halving of how many coins are being generated uh, based also on the orbit of Mars. So these are a little bit gimmicky things. Uh, just okay. all things it was more the, the initial idea was set ourselves apart from the existing networks and then let mars coin be an explorative uh, um, bed for innovation let's have a coin and network where we can experiment with it where we can make changes to it obviously with bitcoin we can't really make changes to the network itself that's you know it's a it's a it's a planetary financial network and it's beautiful in and it, in it by itself um, but we're also not here Trying to create a, uh, you know, 50 new coins to uh, scam a million people into giving us money. No, we will have a network of our own for experimental purposes, um, for testing out technology in particular. And it took a long time, but we got there. And governance aspects, which will be very interesting um, for Mars, a transparent way to run elections, for instance, so that we all know exactly uh, what we agreed upon. And then it's, and it's, verifiable it's auditable um so so that was the the idea and and the the thought behind creating our own network and running it and getting it off the ground which we did and we launched on january 1st 2014 so we, got, we, we yeah got a nice day we we're working really hard over christmas 2013 to uh to be able to launch the network on the 1st of 2014
0: brilliant uh, i'm just gonna share somebody uh in the chat is like it's our galactic destiny to go to space you gotta love a, a comment like that so
1: yeah absolutely i, appreciate I agree it, it should be it should be the humans who uh make it first to the center of the galaxy and on and this place so you know we you know the fermi paradox and all of that comes with it it's just obviously every uh, space geek's um you know big topic uh to to think about this is how i probe and i meet someone interesting Uh, the first one of the first questions i asked is what's your what's your thoughts about the fermi paradox it's really interesting to see how people tackle that that uh, that thought but no i i agree and i agree and and we've been sitting on earth for quite some time and you never know when it's the the last
0: year (laughs) hopefully it's going to be a while all right so now now we've got this this mars coin concept you're beginning to get a subtraction around the world you know full disclosure uh we hosted the March coin event, uh, March coin expo last year and the year before. So this will be the third time that we've mm-hmm. hosted this thing. I don't want anybody to think this is a pump and dump scheme or anything like that. I have $400 in this cryptocurrency. That's it. And and, and nothing in anything else. So, you know, I don't, uh, I don't have anything to kind of like,
1: and that's maybe also what I want to oh. say is,
0: What's we- the point? What is what is the point of coin? Why do why is this thing an interesting experiment and what utility does it have?
1: Yeah. So there's, if you look into, if you Google on, on YouTube, you see some of my older talks that I gave at the Mars society convention in 2017, 2014. Mm -hmm. So there's several talks that I gave. So uh, for, for those of uh, the listeners who are interested in a little bit more substance, I most definitely would like them to, uh, to take a look at that. But uh, the initial thought process of course was, was this. And, um, if you look into the history of how the colonization of uh, America occurred and happened, uh, then it's intricately linked to the stock market. Mm-hmm. Because once you have a very risky endeavor and you need large sums of money, the stock market is actually a very beautiful way to uh, raise capital. You distribute the, the risk on a lot of shoulders. You don't have just one person, you have a multitude of people come together and uh, in, in for America, that meant a lot of people in Britain came together, bought shares in ships, and not every ship would make it. Mm-hmm. And then they would get a certain share in the colony. And whatever the colony created in terms of economic uh, return would be partially owned by the, the folks who set up the whole endeavor. So if you look at that, uh, forgetting for a second all the craziness uh, that Wall Street and securities laws has have brought upon our uh Capitalist world—that um, was really what fired up in the 1800s the industrialization of the United States from the from the colonization events in the 1600s. Then you know, f- even faster in the 17 and the 1800s, it was insane. The the, right. the the gold standard, the inability by the government to create fake currency out of thin air. But the necessity of individuals to trade with each other and to create value with each other um, uh, was, I think, what changed society from an agricultural society over, you know, tens of thousands of years and allowed civilization to be built. Uh, if we go back and look at other empires, I believe, you know, their, their their success and their failures are very closely linked to the way they handle their money. Money is a community building um tool that can be extremely powerful and and beneficial or it can be abused and then you know you have negative effects don't really have to go into that everybody can see it uh so yeah so the idea was the first idea with something like marscon was like look if you look at this closely this could be a tool for planetary fundraising you could say um If we donate a certain large chunk of Mars coin to, let's say, the Mars Society or Mars One or even Elon, SpaceX or whatever, and we start using Mars coin on a daily basis, uh, the uh, transfer of fiat currency into Mars coin would make the individual Mars coin more valuable. Hence, the uh, funding of these organizations would be... um, Part, part of that if you will and without too much of a uh, how should I say a a, uh, um, a a crazy fundraising uh, run you would be able to uh, afford some of these organizations the the funds necessary to get us closer to mars and in a in a virtuous loop ha- allowing for instance a mars one or spacex to get us closer would then in turn also improve the uh, or inc- increase the value of the currency itself because people would think oh we're getting closer to it so i should probably buy in and so you know you kind of have this 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 loop that sustains itself and at some point makes it maybe even possible to launch a rocket buy some supplies you know fund a a micro um, nuclear reactor research program or something of the sort so the fundraiser aspect was definitely there in the beginning but as the whole crypto space exploded and and developed, it was very clear that Wall Street and SEC would not want any of this. Um, and so we, we I think, um, relatively early on, probably way before anybody else, uh, we realized that that aspect, that Beneficial aspect, we can't really focus on too much. It's great. We gave a, a big donation to the Mars Society and to um, to Mars One, um, but the focus was a was a big donation. Mean uh, it was a, it was a million Mars coin, which which at that point was the majority of all outstanding coins that we gave uh, away for free. Yep. Uh, not like we can print this. You actually have to mine these coins. So this was a lot of work, a lot of electricity donated by uh, individuals around the planet. Mined on behalf of um, some, you know, greater good, if you will, and then gave away these coins and handed them over. In 2014, there was an event at the Mars Society convention, and we handed over big checks to the to the uh, uh, to Mars One, which was still alive, alive and kicking at the time and to Mars Society. Um, so that's the, that's the planetary fundraising aspect. And, and how did,
0: how what was the what was the reaction at the Mars Society, and then what happened with Mars One?
1: Yeah, so uh, the, the, there's a lot of history there. It's really, really fascinating and interesting. So I'm giving my talks. I'm explaining how historically fundraising happened for North America, the Jamestown and a few colonies, and how uh, the various charters. Uh, raised funds and created shares to fund the little ships, which is all really interesting. And I said, we have an opportunity here for the global population to do, in theory, something very similar, uh, but buying into a cryptocurrency using a cryptocurrency with a dedication to a certain purpose and then allowing some of the stakeholders to benefit intentionally uh, to get us closer to the goal. But Mars One at that time was already fighting a super negative media storm. Right. Uh, Remember the MIT paper had come out just I
0: think prior to that. It was and, it was my uh, professor Dr. Hoffman who uh, who led that paper that basically killed Mars One. I
1: I, I have to say this me as a as a former uh, Mars One so I was part of the Mars One um, um, uh, final one hundred finalists. Wow, right? Really? That was part of you know why all of this was you know very close to heart. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at that. The paper itself was actually really great. It was wonderful. It actually said, you know, under these following conditions, this is not going to work. Um, and it and it is just like any research paper should falsify certain uh, ideas. And there's nothing wrong with it. But the way one saw it, probably because they were criticized left and right, they also pushed back very hard on this paper. And it really didn't have to. And only, I think, too late they turned around and said like oh thank you very much for actually doing all this research which i think right. should approach from uh, from day one but anyway hindsight 2020 so you know uh, bass did an amazing job just you know running with this idea and pushing really hard and getting everybody in, involved so i have just the greatest respect for everyone who was on that team and, and involved uh these are these are wonderful fo- folks, you know, through and through. It was a very, very long shot, and we all knew it. Yeah. But, but yeah. So Mars One got one of those checks from us, five hundred thousand Mars coin. The Mars Society, Dr. Zubrin, uh, who invited me actually to the conference, and he was yeah. super open. He was super interested, and I think he has a big uh, heart for libertarian ideals. Yeah. And so that reception was was extremely welcoming. But, but Baz. At that time did mention he, he didn't want to give up on the stock market on the established stock market and it's funny because we're talking of 2014 mm-hmm. way before all of the ico crazy right right, right lawsuits and all of this stuff was still in the future we had these conversations in 2014 <laughs> like let me go through the stock market you know i, I take your check but I don't think cryptocurrency is going to go anywhere. Yeah, because who cares about this
0: stuff? It, who cares about who cares about cryptocurrency? Okay, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, personal story here. Um, I I bought my first Bitcoin in uh, maybe it was two thousand thirteen or so, and uh, fast forward when I started Liftport, when I restarted Liftport, uh a single Bitcoin was worth. Just under a thousand dollars, nine hundred and eighty, nine hundred and sixty, and and I had nine coins, and I'm like, ka-ching, I am cashing out because this mythical money cannot possibly go over a thousand dollars." I'm I'm cashing out at the very tippy top of this uh, of this craze, and. Uh, you know, just a year and a half later, it was three thousand. And a year and a half after that, it was thirty thousand. A year and a half after that was sixty thousand. Now it's back down to thirty thousand. But, but we didn't know. Nobody knew. No. Right? Uh, so I, I, I. It's a well-known story. I cashed out my nine Bitcoin to start Liftport. Uh, yeah.
1: It, there's there's two things I want to say in that regard. One is that, um, in one of my talks actually I mentioned Lily Allen or so got twenty thousand Bitcoin if I'm not mistaken for a concert offer, and she just she said that's BS. I'm not going to accept something like. that. And I, I mentioned that in the in the uh, talk, uh, whenever it was, that was 2017. Now it would be even more insane. She could have bought easily two or so Falcon 9 with it, and and so you can't really dismiss this whole um this whole idea now. L- launching a financial system from the ground up is something of a historic event. I-, I don't think many of these other coins will ever get to the same token, to the same network effect. That includes Mars coin as well. Mm-hmm. It was never meant to take over or or, or p- create financial gains for us. In fact, the mm-hmm. amount of money that I lost just maintaining this network, spending mm-hmm. it on service infrastructure, people have no idea. It's very expensive. Right. Yep. It's that's why I say it's a it's a it's ten
0: it's a it's a ten year dedication it's a ten year love affair and commitment
1: and and often you know sometimes you have a lot of people helping you but there's the there's the months or years where nobody's there helping right. you and um uh and, and and the decision was made from day one this is not a scammy project I'm not going to run around and advertise some uh, you know, some some utopia or whatever and then try to rip rip off people no this was very clear we believe one day um, uh, we, we we want to for one day someone to take Mars coin uh, to Mars and run it there mm-hmm. and so whoever leaves their fingerprint if you will in the network now it's going to be I'm pretty sure the future Martians when they look back now will have uh, at least not a scammy you know crazy uh, ridiculous project they'll have something that, that they can be proud of to look right. back at yeah, and yeah. and they'll have fingerprints of all the humans that touched it, all the all the Earthlings early on that that believe that Mars will once you know have a thriving, flourishing economy and civilization, and they'll be proud of that. So
0: that's, you have to go into it with the basic mindset that someday in the future, it's not tomorrow, it's not next week, it's not next month, but someday in the future, there humans will settle Mars, and and that that kind of gives me chills, right? Yeah. Like that is a, that is a hard idea to really wrap your brain around. Um, everybody who knows me knows I am much more interested in the moon than I am the Mars, Mars. But over the last couple of years, I've, uh, especially as we got closer to the, uh, uh, the Mars society and that, that has really kind of opened my eyes a little bit. Um, I've learned a lot in the last three years or so. Um, But the idea that we are going to settle another world, uh, and this is the only generation that will ever be able to say that, right? It's going to happen now. Um, When when we land boots on on Mars, whether it's a governmental program or a private program, you're gonna be able to point to a few people And there are gonna be individuals that made this whole transition possible. One of my professors, uh, uh, Dr. Diamandis, he likens it to a lungfish out in Africa that moves from the water to the land and then nothing was ever the same after that, right? There's only one moment where you transition from a liquid environment to a stable terra firma environment that happened millions and millions and millions of years ago yeah. and now here we are again we're taking one world that we live in and know and are comfortable with and moving to another world that we don't know that we're uncomfortable with and yet we're still going i mean it's a remarkable time it's a remarkable time no. and, and yeah. so you're trying to build one element of the infrastructure necessary for C- mars
1: yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, while you were talking, there's so many thoughts popping up in my head. I forget, forget half of them. But I was gonna say like the the moon. Obviously, in in my mind, in my mind, it we're already so far behind. I, uh, you know, you grow up as a child in the in the '80s, '90s, and um, you see the cities on the moon. They should they should be there already. I look at the moon every morning and I'm like, or evening, it's taunting, and it's like, what are you guys, what are you guys doing? What um, you yeah. well, thing very often resonates obviously with with a lot of people that this sci-fi world that we're dreaming about it's it's to inspire us we can do it we really can and the same way that that settling North America was an insane challenge. Yes, there was water. Yes, there was air. Uh, but people died like flies. It was a very challenging environment. And in a, in a modern day in era where we're talking about room temperature uh, superconductors, Mars is challenging. People will die. It will be very difficult. But I do believe humanity needs these challenges to, to grow. We cannot stagnate. We can't sit around. And the whole thought and process that you know resources are limited, the Earth is limited, we're doomed. The future is disastrous. It's terrible. We really need to shed that mental cor- corset. Yeah, that, framework. that framework is. Right. We need to flip the script on on yeah. positive. We need to see these cities on Mars that one day will exist. And yes, it's of course in a, in a certain point in time you are the dreamer. The fish is still in the water, but there's a potential for it. Once that happens, it's a paradigm shift. Right. Once able to live in a in a biosphere um, through engineering, we can live anywhere. And that's, and that is mind blowing and by itself. Yeah. So,
0: so, okay, so let's, let's stay focused. So the mechanics of Mars coin are very, very similar It uses a very, yeah. very similar algorithm to Bitcoin and Litecoin. It's familiar. It's been around for 10 years. Who cares? Why do we even need a coin? Why don't we use established systems like litecoin and bitcoin Mm -hmm. and ethereum that are giant have huge commercial interests you know governments are are bought in why what's the point i mean so
1: so one aspect is uh for those familiar with with the the physics of our little solar system uh whoever is going to end up on mars they unfortunately cannot tap into the bitcoin litecoin or whatever network they have to start they cannot because the distance the distance from Mars to Earth, uh, the light speed delay, is, uh, is too long for your cryptographic uh, TCP IP packages to flow back and forth and settle transactions. The delay, that, yeah.
0: It's too far for too a transaction cool. that originates on Mars to settle with the transaction blockchain yeah. on Earth. Yeah, if so you, if, It's a light distance communications problem.
1: Correct, and there's a, there's a
0: beautiful there's a
1: beautiful um, paper that was written. It's called the the Hash Wars, which actually makes a point that at some point people might try to stick a flag, if you will, into new territories further away from the existing um, body of human civilization in order to create new chains, new cryptocurrencies that are actually too far away, if you will, that they can't communicate with the with the past. They have to create a new ec- economic zone, if you will, a new co- economic environment. Whoever is going to go there first will have an incentive to be the first because they can be the ones that start and launch that financial system. It's a very interesting concept. Wow. But but Mars necessitates its own cryptocurrency. Whether it's going to be our little Mars coin or not, it's a different question. But there is something to be said about a network effect. Whoever launches a coin first on Mars, it's probably going to be the stickier one and we were we you know we're hoping that it's going to be our Marscon and we we built tools over the last couple of years that make that a, a better choice for someone who is moving to Mars in particular the governance tools that we built last year around concept of the Martian Republic uh, those are very interesting we wrote a wrote a paper on it published that as well transparent I think we're the only ones that actually have proven a voter registry based publicly auditable, blockchain based voting system so where where the vote of the individual is publicly would say
0: that again yeah. publicly so, so give it, that
1: you, again yeah the, the key factors are most of the voting that typically happens nowadays on blockchains is completely anonymous with with the with the problem that you do not know whether one individual bought 10000 you know 10000 votes or 10000 people bought bought one vote and so you end up with uh, elections that really are not very meaningful in that sense or you have elections in the current environment where they're very centralized, where you have to trust one, one individual so or one entity. What, what we came up with is we used a, um, a coin shuffling protocol, which was invented, I think, also in 2015 by some research group. And we're using that to shuffle our votes and anonymize them. But you can trace back that any participant of that particular voting process is part of a publicly visible voter Registry, so very similar to our voting works nowadays, where the citizens are uh, listed in a in a in a registration and a voter registration. So you know you you deal with known entities, but here you have them cryptographically share with each other a public key. So there there is no cheating possible because right. it's secured by cryptography, unlike our uh, unfortunate governmental systems that are a little bit behind.
0: Right. Right.
1: And the votes can be can be done online, uh, placed online, instantaneously, and the audit can be done instantaneously. So you can vote on any topic, tens of thousands of people, and the hive mind, if you will, can come to an agreement on certain topics. And uh, and that's just a beautiful um, a beautiful concept. I believe we're the only ones that that uh, were the first ones to come up with that.
0: And like I said, so, the so it's it's a money system. It's a transfer of goods and services system right? right that's one thing that's one thing it's the only coin backed by the laws of physics for mar for mars yep yeah, yep and it's and it's it's a communi- community building tool because it's got transparency in its voting system yep. right so yep. what you're really trying to build yeah there's a money component to it and yeah there's a community but what you're trying to build out is a utility tool set that right. a community on Mars can use in their in their daily transactions okay. and and, they
1: don't, and then obviously they don't have to they can start from scratch but yeah. we, we hope that all of the work that we do the tools the uh, the, the papers the, the the thoughts the thought processes and the experiments, Will at least help them right so that's that's the process but in the end the, the goal was to create a uh, if you will an, an iso a, an image of uh, of a server that they can spin up they will have all of the tools available with each other including uh, uh, android based tablet based uh, little panels where they can have their own uh, wallets they can send each other transactions near near free and they can vote on topics that come up so you know as soon as you start a small settlement a small group of people they will have to communicate sometimes they will want to vote on something and i think very early on where we, we are homo economicus we will create value for each other and we will want to find a very fair way not just necessarily bartering i think we we step past the bartering stage pretty quickly especially in a techno- technologically right. uh, advanced uh, group of people, so so yeah, we want to build these tools or have these tools built, and um, hope that at some point, whoever is going to be first will take a little USB stick uh, with them and then uh, kickstart the process over there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, talk about the community. Talk about who's building this stuff. Um, you know, uh, you know how how would people get involved if they wanted to get involved? Yeah, so it changes, of course, all the time. This this being a, a very
1: decentralized project around the planet. So um, I'm I'm extremely I'm actually very humbled about all the people that have uh, contributed over the years uh, to Mars Coin. Um, hundreds of people. I can't I can't name them all. Very often I don't even know who they are. They're they're anonymous. They're helpers. But uh, so the the projects themselves. Most so we have a, a GitHub. Um, account Mars coin that everybody can look at. There's lots of different projects. We're always looking for developers. Anybody who out there who wants to develop, wants to be part of this, please join us. We have a, a discord channel that's very active. Uh, we have various, uh, um, developer community tools where the developers talk with each other Uh, my company that i started in 2016 is uh, contributing a a lot of resources to the project as well as donations and um, so some of the development comes from there Um, but in general it's a it's a it's a project driven by a lot of people around the planet discord is i think the main place where everybody communicates this point
0: Let me, uh, give me a second and I will get to the discord,
1: uh, and follow us on Twitter, Marscoin.org, Marscoin.org, and, um, the various other social handles. Very pretty easy to find. We've, we had time to build our presence over the last 10 years. Um, even if we didn't advertise much, you know, been around for a while.
0: Right, right, right. Uh, I'm trying to find a link to share. Let me just—I'm not—I'm not, I'm not in the right spot. Hold on a second. Well, why can I not share? All right, so just look for go. Just just go into uh, Discord and yeah. If you go to our web- Marsh coin. Uh, here we go. I I just found it. It just took, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Look for the discord channel. I just posted an hour ago that uh, we're going to be hosting the conference uh, at the end of the month. So that's going to be super fun. I'm looking forward to that within the community. We're going to be looking for uh, six lightning talks that, uh, that the community curates and, and, uh, bubbles up, just 10 minutes, right? 10 minutes uh, mm-hmm. short talks to the from the community to the community. We've got folks coming in from the exchanges. Uh, there's definitely gonna be some news, at least one piece of big news and possibly two pieces of big news. So we've got a reporter scheduled to come in. So that's gonna be kind of fun. Folks from the Mars Society are gonna be there. They're gonna be, there's gonna be an emphasis on mining right? Because that is really the key to this community is just keep on minding and keep plugging away. So there'll be an emphasis on that. Uh, there'll be some talks on securities and exchange regulations and what's happening there. There's been a breakthrough uh, in, on some legal fronts. So uh, definitely I encourage people to, to show up. Also, um, we have, if you want to just catch yourself up, last year, uh, all of those all of those videos are available online, uh, both at the Mars Coin Channel and our Liftport channel, so you can catch up with that.
1: Yeah, so. definitely. the Mars Expo has become quite the quite the meeting place for for mines. It's beautiful. The cryptocurrency space and the space space when they meet, it's quite fascinating because they're both right? <laughs> they're overlapping. They're overlapping in a very yeah. interesting space. And I think this is just the beginning. You're going to see a lot more. Because right. economic space they are married together very deeply yeah
0: i i I've been saying for a long time that you know there's this venn diagram you know if you think about all the different kinds of nerds there are in the world right uh, I'm a space nerd, you're a crypto nerd, but then there's the there's the overlap and and the more those communities overlap, I think the better off the world is going to be, I think so too you know, there's there's uh I think the the third part of that is the longevity community. They're super involved with advanced technology. They're super involved right. with crypto. So that you know, uh, add in this much larger community of AI and software and robotics, like that's in the mix. And so and as well. these as these communities blur the lines and get more connected and more interconnected. Uh, more and more power comes out of that network so it's
1: pretty yeah the potential for taking humans off the planet and building a space-faring civilization each of these these pieces and in fact maybe the one part i would like to see more is the fusion and fission uh nerds you know we need, we need right. a lot of well um in the dark areas of the solar system to uh to power our civilization
0: so yeah absolutely well let's let's spend our last few minutes on by federal okay. um uh we've only alluded to it briefly we've got about 10 more minutes or so uh how did, what t- walk us through the story from from bitcoin litecoin marscoin back in 2013 to Byte federal and now and how did you become one of the largest no. crypto atm organizations companies no. in the world
1: but federal will one day also have its own book or story that's uh, that was uh, that was quite something uh, to get off the ground but uh, the year is 2016 so it's also still relatively early it's before the uh, ico bubble in 2017 uh, bitcoin is hovering around 700 dollars or so but what happened is that um, i was running a lot of bitcoin meetups. Here in florida and um i was always open to talk with anybody who wanted to talk about it and a uh, one of the earliest bitcoin atm manufacturers builders if you will they wanted to set a sh- set up shop here in florida and i got in conversation with them they were looking uh to create a uh, cooperation of launching some 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 company in that regard and and i was very interested in it and so we formed a uh initially kind of a joint venture uh eventually we really Realized that uh, there were difficulties with the European machine quality and uh, the management over there. So we went our own ways. Um, and um, it was just a very brutal environment because. Nobody knew what, what, what you were doing or what they were doing. Neither the regulators, nor the banks, nor the crypto space, and nothing existed. So you have to build pretty much everything from the ground up. You have to make sure to survive any cybersecurity attacks. You have to make sure that all the regulators are involved, understand the technology, um, the space. You have to understand and learn the banking space and the financial sector and work with them. And so it was uh, it was challenging. So for the first year and a half, we did not have any bank account. We wouldn't get a bank account. Any bank account we opened would close, would be closed. Right. In fact, our personal bank accounts would be closed as well. It was pretty brutal. Um, the longest bank accounts I had, they were suddenly all canceled. and um, It was a typical startup story, but with additional hardships uh, that are, you know, uh, that are quite intense and insane. So, we we survived the early days and uh, built up a network of uh, now it's uh, over a thousand locations in the United States. We have since franchised out to other countries, um, and uh, we've also, as we are originally a software company, um, developed uh, more more software on top of the kiosk software itself. So we're we're probably the only, as far as I know, the only um, operator and manufacturer where both things are are combined no exactly so in, in, vert, 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 vertically integrated
0: right that's that's the that's the path of uh uh, uh of ford and that's the path yeah. of SpaceX. It's, yeah right?
1: it's, so, there's so many benefits i can highly recommend it if you ever find yourself in the position don't Outsource. Uh, think about it. Think about it before you outsource. If this is really a good idea, especially long term, um, the skill set that you develop with people in house allows you to be so flexible and do things that other people cannot. Um, and uh, and I think we greatly benefited from that. You know, so the 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 metal comes in on the one side, and the, the kiosk at get the software goes out on the other, and that's a that's a pretty cool thing.
0: So you've got about. Um uh, about a thousand machines deployed. Uh, how, how many U.S. states and what countries?
1: It's 44 states uh, right. that we're operating in uh, with not, the very Not Washington State,
0: right? It not, not, not Washington uh, State.
1: State. There's licensing requirements. They're all different, different states. But yeah, we're shunning a few states that um, don't like crypto very much. Um, but in in general, you know, you kind of have to work with uh, with whatever is uh, is available in uh, in different. <laughs> They just handle it differently, but yeah, we um we, we have recently uh, launched uh, in Australia, and we're adding a couple of more countries to the mix. But um, Australia, so United States
0: and Australia. Yeah, yeah, right okay. uh, uh, have, uh, About a thousand deployed in the U.S. How many in Australia? Because that's a is that a new initiative?
1: That's uh, that's a new initiative. I'll keep myself. Uh, I'll keep myself here. Uh, not not uh, okay. Be- like, but yet, but you know, it's gonna light up. It's gonna light up pretty
0: soon. Well, and there- we're uh, you know, the, our our show is about that intersection of uh, infrastructure, policy, mm-hmm. uh, and and hardware, right? So you know, focus on space. So we're our whole audience understands you know the money of space, the capitalization of space, policy, infrastructure, all of those things have to work together. Or nothing happens at all. So we're very comfortable with that kind of, you know, ambigu- ambiguous environment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it might be, uh, might
1: be, in a, a frontier environment like Mars. But in general, you know, you have to work with all the humans that are currently there, and then build something before you enter the space, and you have to make things happen with them. So uh, no, but uh, a lot of lessons learned. A lot of uh, Wisdom and uh, technology developed over the years. I, I,
0: I want to make sure that our audience has a clear, clear distinction between Byte Federal is your personal business and how yep. many how, how many people work there. Uh, yeah, it it's is. a separate thing from Marscoin. Right? Okay, yeah. Marscoin is your hobby. Right. Byte Federal is your day job. I just want everybody to understand they have nothing to do with each
1: other. So Byte. Federal, um, uh, Employs about 70, 70 people at this point. 70. Wow, mm-hmm. that's a lot.
0: That's a lot more than the last time we talked about this. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it, uh, it, we did about 100 million in sales last year. So it's a, it's a good sized company at this point. We actually won uh, Inc. Inc 5000. Uh, we made it to the 90th wow. place. So we're 90, 90th okay. fastest. A growing company in the United States.
0: Wow! Wow! Congratulations. That's uh, that was always an aspiration of mine when I was uh, first starting out as a
1: That's uh, you know you know uh, blood, sweat, and tears that went into yeah. it. You no know, Mars. I was going to set up, um, so it's a decentralized project. So we don't own the code. We don't have the code. It's out there. It's a, it's an open source project like any okay. other. But I did set up uh, a, and uh, we say we as it myself, I set up a nonprofit um, early 2014 so that there would be some. Uh, institution that uh, that can receive donations and can work on the codes. Uh, now, obviously, that's very very difficult too in this environment. So it's been more like um, just say a rallying point, but yeah. but nothing that that earns money or makes money. It's just an yeah. institution that takes care of the of the source codes, fixes or changes or so.
0: I, I just wanted to be really hyper clear about yeah. differences that there's firewalls between the organizations. Yeah. That, and
1: but federal well, and but federal, I'm a co-owner. Uh, I'm not the, the only one that that owns the corporation. So you know yeah. I'm a shareholder if you will.
0: How uh, you said a hundred million dollars in transactions last year across a thousand deployed sites. What does that user base look like? Because that's a big user base to, to make <laughs> that work.
1: Uh, yes. Yes, and no. So it's. Uh, I think we have about uh, close to a hundred thousand customers at this point. Um, but it's in 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 a, in a certain way, the Bitcoin ATM networks in the United States are like exchanges. They're just physical exchanges. They exchange. Right. A- physical bearer instrument, the US dollar, against a digital bearer instrument, which is Bitcoin. You know, you lose your Bitcoin, Bitcoin are gone. There's no bank that you can go back to and ask for forgiveness. The same with the dollar. You forget it somewhere. Your purse is lost in a bus. It's gone. So in a, in a similar way, that's that's uh, it's actually very interesting to to connect these two worlds, the cash world and the Bitcoin world, and and that's where we find you know our our uh, calling, if you will. And and the other thing, that's also interesting about the Bitcoin the Kiosk Network is it's a real time operation, right? You have real time monitoring and observing um, on a on a large scale. Uh, physical realm that you have right. to be aware of what's going on with the machines, um, and we monitor them around the you know around sure. the. Yeah. If if you come to our if you ever come to our office, it looks a little bit like SpaceX. The um, the the monitoring, the observation room,
0: <laughs> control center, mission control. Uh, I was at a I was in a building about two months ago. My 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 building uh, where the office is. I come in the morning. And somebody has smashed through a door, hooked an ATM machine to a truck, drove yeah. the truck, pulled the ATM just straight off the thing. So, how many people have tried stealing yeah. a, uh, a Bitcoin, or a, a bike wallet uh, kiosk?
1: So, so the uh, early on I mentioned, if you remember, that we uh, separated pathways with the with right. the Europe- manufacturer and part of it was this we were looking at the quality of the build and we were not satisfied with it we thought that this is not this is not a place or this is not a machine that you would want to put out there because you're also putting the the host locations at risk if the machine is built very flimsily or so so our machines are are monsters they're actually bank save great uh, ATMs—they're 400-pound monsters. They get bolted in. They have like 20,000-pound uh, 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 shear strength on the on the on the bolts <laughs> <of> them. So <laughs> if you were to strip your your chain around it and uh, race off with a truck, you're probably gonna lose the, the bed of your truck. Right. If, right. if the is cured well, you know. So, it they don't go anywhere, and so they they also show a certain certain strength to anybody who walks by and and makes them less uh, prone to be uh, to be targets. And that was very important. Obviously, all ATMs um, stand a certain risk. Luckily,
0: we haven't had any issues with uh, with our machines. All right, terrific. Uh, thank you. Thanks for for joining us today. Thanks for your kind of pioneering work on this uh, very novel innovative tool set it's not it's more than a coin right it's a tool set it's a productivity tool uh for when we live on march so
1: hopefully we'll have more time to uh, to refine it, make it better and and working on it um so that it can benefit the most
0: great terrific all right thank you very much i look forward to uh hosting the event august 26th it's all day uh it's gonna start uh, really early West Coast time so that we can also accommodate the East Coast and Europe where we have a pretty big audience. So uh, looking forward to doing that. And with that, I'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you. Thank cool. you, so
1: much. you take care. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.